Third down and 20. What is going on? Welcome back. Third and 20 podcast. And like an actual welcome back because took a little bit of a hiatus here after the live auction draft. Yeah, I got that was struck, the bed. I got struck with COVID and it kind of sucked, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I bet. Um, I think I think COVID got the dub there. Uh, we they were doing good at first, but then, dude, come that second half, man, COVID, their offense was relentless. Defense was on our heels. We were, we were struggling out there. They bit. made adjustments in the clubhouse. Yeah, we time. just, you know, our defense just could not get off the field. I'll put it like that. Our defense was on the field a lot of that second half. And speaking of being on the field in the second half, when I post this tomorrow, it'll be right before the football game, but God damn it, we have football. Yeah, we're finally and back. Finally, we are back, man. Whew, it couldn't have come soon enough. So I guess really quickly, we could talk about that game. I mean, yeah, it's like a preview. I, I imagine a lot of people are going to listen to this after the game. Um, I don't know what to think for that game. It's a, it's an interesting game. Like, I think the spread's eight right now. It is an eight. Yeah, you're the you're the point. guy who's got the primetime picks. Who who do you think you're gonna go with, or do you not know yet? I'm still I'm leaning more Cowboys just because you know first week eight points is a lot. I know the Bucks have all this returning talent. I know Zach Martin's not playing. That's tough too. But and also again it's on the road for the Cowboys. But it's something about Thursday night, and you give me Dak Prescott, you give me yeah. a fighting chance. That's the thing. I don't need the Cowboys to win. I was thinking Cowboys spread at first. I think now I'm more leaning Bucks again, just because I'm. I don't know why I'm struggling to really buy into that Cowboys team. I'm not buying into it. It's just it's still a really weird night. Remember, underdogs are king in Thursday games for some reason. And you know, Zach Martin being out is really tough for the Cowboys because you know the Bucks. That that defensive line is going to be. Jesus Christ is going to be stacked, you know, yeah. just like during the playoff run. And they added, you know, Joe Tyron from the first round. You put him in the mix now. So, like, yeah. And we also don't know about the Cowboys' defense. We know they've made a lot of moves. We know they hired Dan Quinn. Is that going to be enough? <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to be better. I feel like it can't it's, be much it's tough to take a step down. Um, I will say this. I am kind of getting that feeling. Well, it was two years ago, I think it was, that Saints-Cowboys game where it's a primetime game. Saints oh, yeah. are a touchdown favorite. A lot of people are riding on them. You know, they have the momentum. But that Cowboys team came out, primetime game. I think it was a Thursday night game, too. It was. It was and they got first a year they, Yeah, and they I did. Remember you, were, you took the money line, and that was a good money line because they were like, Plus two hundred or over that, or it was. Well, that's like, when they I was were getting back, some real disrespect. That's when I was back, like a low key Cowboys fan. So that might have been like <laughs> more of a fan bet. But I, it's just something about Dak. At the end of the day, if you have a quarterback like Dak, you, your team has a fighting yeah, chance. Yeah, that's the thing. Eight points, like it really feels like eight points of Dak. But at the same time, you're going against the number one rule: don't bet against the goat. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, like, you know, if, if you're thinking the Bucs are going to beat them by two scores, right, then let's say the Cowboys get, you know, just one of those last-minute touchdowns, that backdoor cover, you know. You're, you're in the zone for that. It's like, if you remember the football team and the playoffs were about around the same, I think it was like eight and a half or so, 
And that's what they did. They just kept on, you know, backdoor covering. Like the Bucks would go up 15 points, they score, keep it eight, and then, you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, besides the defensive side of the ball for the football team, I think the um, Cowboys' offense is, you know, better than that. I don't know. Who knows? Game. I, I'm hoping for a close game because I think the, the general concern is kind of another Super Bowl happening where the Bucks just kind of start throttling. Dak Prescott's just under fire the whole day, but we'll see what happens. I'm I'm so excited. But let's get into the actual game previews. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to be making the picks later in the week. We're going to have a video come out Friday or Saturday on our picks for the week, but we're going to be going over the previews for the games, kind of some of the storylines and what we're looking for expecting to happen. Game number one. We have the Seahawks at the Colts. Um, some of the, the first thing I'm looking at and the first storyline that I want to see answered is how Shane Waldron's offense is going to look for the Seattle Seahawks because there's been a lot of talk, another offensive coordinator change in Seattle – you know, they went from, oh, the, the Seahawks, we're running too much. we got to let Russell Wilson loose to, okay, well, our offense was was too Russell Wilson just throw the ball downfield. It was too predictable mm-hmm. to, okay, well, what do you want now? What's Shane Waldron going to do? I do think that the Seahawks offense is has low-key added talent. It's You're not getting the talk, right, because it's nothing flashy, but – you add a guy like Dwayne Eskridge. You pick up a guy like Gerald Everett, former second-round pick, mm-hmm. slowly but surely trying to add little value pieces on your offensive line. Kind of like the low-key additions, I think, really could add up to, to make this offense more consistent throughout the season. And that does kind of start this week. So what do you think you're expecting out of the Seahawks offense? Oh, well, you know, this is a – First five week, like you know, beginning of the season, Russell is like he's the clear away MVP candidate. Winning, yeah, it's you know? gonna happen so, again. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just gonna happen again. But I don't know. The Colts defense is a little tough. Um, I think I expect a little more balanced attack. You know, Chris Carson's coming in here pretty healthy, and if we're just pinning first games together, last year when they were playing Atlanta, like Chris Carson was able to do everything. You know. Yeah run, catch, and then he gets stinked up. I would expect to see Chris Carson get involved pretty early because uh, he could be a nice little weapon. Other than that, I, I just think Russ will be Russ. Like, he's not going to go out there and lose you the game. I, more than likely, he's going to go out there and make a last-minute drive to win the game. I think the more story I'm looking forward to in this game is Carson Wentz, you know? Yeah, there's the next one for the Colts, right? Like, Carson Wentz, first start. What's going to happen? I think the first thing that needs to be answered is, is, do you know anything on the injury reports going on? Like, is, is Carson Wentz, like, ready to ready to go? I I haven't seen anything where he hasn't said he's not playing. I will look real quick. I, I, I know. I'm pretty sure he's playing. Like, they're I'm pretty sure he's ready to go. play. Um, but is it Carson Wentz playing through injury to start the season, right? Because you know, like, okay, everyone's playing hurt. Yeah. Halfway, two-thirds of the way through the season, everyone's got nicked up. But, like, Carson Wentz may be starting nicked up. I don't really know what to expect out of this Colts offense. The big the big thing that you need is just get the run game going, right? Let's just 
get Jonathan Taylor pounding. It's a Seahawks defense that while they were definitely they struggled a lot more against the pass because those linebackers are pretty damn good for for Seattle. Like, mm-hmm. can can the the Colts develop a run game, and then into the passing game? What wh- what's the Colts receiver situation? Is, is that question finally going to be answered, or I actually don't think it's going to be answered. I think you're going to see one of two things. Um, a what I'm expecting it not getting answered is like. It's just a freaking clown fiesta to a certain extent. Not a clown fiesta, but you remember like a lot of those Saints offenses where Drew Brees is spreading the ball around to like 10 guys. Yeah, I think that that, that's the offense that they want. It's like they obviously have the great running game, but they have so many different pieces that they're like, okay, let's just sprinkle it around so defenses can't really expect to what's coming. And the only consistent thing is Carson Wentz is touching the ball and Jonathan Taylor is getting 90 yards, 100 yards a game, right? Or we see one guy kind of step up. And and to me, that one guy, I know the the popular answer, you're going to have a lot of people say Pippen. I think it's Paris Campbell. Yeah, Paris Campbell. To me, I think it's Paris Campbell because we saw at least week one of last year. He just hasn't been able to play healthy. Like, so what's going to happen there? I, I I expect more of the first than the latter. Yeah, they do kind of have a messy receiver room. I know they brought back Ty, but you know how much is he going to do? He's pretty old up there. I think like the Colts just need a you know their number one advantage is they got a beast at running back, and you got Naheem Hines, who's a good little you know receiver. Just game plan around those two. Use your strength, use your O line, yeah. run the ball, and let Carson Wentz. Like, start him off easy. Let him settle in. Because, like, if you're acting like this is the Carson Wentz number two overall pick, you know, you're just throwing him back into the fire, and I think that's how he could lose a lot of confidence quick. I actually disagree with that, though. Because here's what I want to see. If you remember last season against Washington, the Eagles started out, right? And the Eagles got up pretty big early. They got up like 14 nothing early, and then mm-hmm. after that, their offense sucked the rest of the season, right? I want to see, and, and I'm pretty That's sure true. that they either had a deep ball work to Rager, or Rager dropped a deep ball early, something along the lines of that, right? Where Carson Wentz kind of came out and was firing early. Give me that. I want to see the Colts come out here and attack the the, the Seattle Seahawks secondary. And, and, and really, for, like, Dude, the Seahawks pass rush kind of sucked for a lot of last season. You finally started to get something kind of at the end. Yeah, when they got Dunlap. I understand the whole, okay, let's start it off easy. Let's build Carson Wentz's confidence. To me, dude, I want to fucking fire right away. You want to build confidence. Let's score the first play. I'm sure sure he wants to in the fantasy too. But remember, he is dealing with this injury or, like, hasn't had game reps because, like, we would have seen him in preseason. And we didn't get to see him in preseason. So, like, you know – I don't know. Like Carson Wentz could have his confidence back, and we he could be just ripping it at camp. Or you know could... what I might take? I think I might bet on that, dude. Paris Campbell first touchdown, or like a long touchdown. If there's like a long touchdown prop, like, like, that would be pretty cool. You can probably get like a Colts over, like over touchdown catch for like. Is there like an over like... under on first touchdown yards? Like first touchdown over forty yards? I'm sure, but I don't know where you're gonna find the book at. Because that's what I would want to take. First touchdown over 40 yards. I think that the Colts are going to – one of these teams, because Russell Wilson's got a phenomenal deep ball. They're going to come out firing. Right, any last things? I mean, we kind of touched on everything I wanted to touch on. 
what's the offense going to look like? Seattle's defense, right? Mainly the pass defense, because I'm very confident in those linebackers. But what are we going to see out of the secondary um, with no no Griffin, right? You're going to have lost him. And they, and they lost, just um, traded Witherspoon to, to Pittsburgh. So it's like, what the hell is going on in that secondary? And they don't have the, what's his name? Trey Flowers. Shout out. Is he that, not playing? Don't I don't think they have him anymore, do, do they? No, I'm pretty sure Trey Flowers is still on the team. I was looking at their uh, depth chart God, earlier, so dude. maybe I'm wrong. If you want to check that real quick. Uh, I think that's it. So I'm going to move on here. Yeah, we got everything. Yeah, I'm going to move on here. Second game, you talk about a great, yeah, great knows. football game here. This is one of the ones that I want to see. Texans versus Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to say, like, uh, Chiefs versus uh, Browns or yeah, something. Yeah, really like hyped that. it up. You see, you, you like getting some switches up. Um, this is an interesting football game, though, mainly because, okay, everyone thinks that the Texans are, are thrown in the towel, right? Every mm-hmm. week someone new is getting traded for a day three pick or whatever draft pick they can really get for any player on their team, it seems like. But – and the, the big butt here is, yeah, the big butt. Speaking of, big butt, oh. like that, had that nice. deck. Um, the Texans have a lot of new faces, especially on their defense. Is yeah. it going to matter? I have no idea. But their defense, the, the butt, their defense was terrible last year. It's horrible. Every single team was getting 150 yards on the ground, averaging like, Five and a half yards for carry. It was like watching a college defense. And they had a couple good players. But they were just getting bullied up front. Their their D-backs weren't great. But now they have a whole lot of new players. Like, I'm not going to go into it, but almost every single position has a new face at it. Aside from, like, Cunningham and Reed. Like, every position's different. They, it can only, can it I, only go up? Can it get worse? <laughs> I think it can get a lot worse. You think so? If you, you were really picking think these so? people up, I like I don't know. I like I, I dude, like I can't name you three players on that defense. Oh, they picked up Desmond King. They have um oh they have that dude from the Browns, the D back. Um I mean they have a lot of new players. Like if you go and look at the depth chart, you're like, oh they got him, oh they got him. Like they got uh, like Malik Collins and stuff. I don't know. They got some. They got a couple players. They they have new players at least. Um. I so I just want to see that, especially because you're going up against the Jaguars team, that has obviously a lot of new players. They don't have Travis Etienne, right? If mm-hmm. there's if you're gonna pick up a win and get your your Texan season off to any sort of start, you'd want it to happen this game, and this would be a big game to happen for it to happen. Um. I'm not expecting it, but. The Texans defense, maybe not the worst in the league. We can go to their offense, actually, which I do think has some hope. Tyrod Taylor, you got him, veteran quarterback. He looked all right in the preseason. I I was watching a little bit of what he did. Looks a little bit more comfortable, I I feel like. I mean, it is the preseason. There's really no nerves, but he looked kind of comfortable. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is not a – like, Texans, if I was a Texan fan coming in this season, I would think – you know, we win like maybe one or two games this year and just get blown out every time. I think Tyrod Taylor is a good like little handcuff where like he at least might keep you competitive because he's going to be able to game manage to the most part. You know, because like when he played for the Bills, he was he was pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, because I look at this Texans offense, and I, I, I look at the pieces, and I think that I was underrating their offense a little bit. Mm. I don't think it's going to be great, but realistically, they look pretty average. Like Not average, under average, right? They look pretty – but, you know, right now their offensive defense are pegged to be basically very last in the league in both. And oh, I think I so. think they are kind of getting unfairly judged in that department, especially for this week, because I am seeing everyone and their mother pick the Jags. And this is a divisional game. It's a Jaguars team. I, we both like the Jaguars. I do too, but, like, you know, you still got rookie playing first I don't game. think I'm picking this game. Oh, I'm not For taking team, anything. I'm not betting on the fucking Texans. I'm no not taking shot. the tool. To- yeah, no. I'm not, <laughs> you know, if I don't want to take the Jags, then I'm just not going to bet it. Because, like, first of all, Jags minus three is, like, uh, you could convince yourself. Like, There's yeah, a bait there. Good. You know that's a bait. How is that yeah, a, a like, beautiful just, game? Minus three, it, minus four, something like that? I I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> oh, and both new coaches, too. Like, I – I feel like that's just a game you need to stay away from. Like, I'll watch a little bit of it because I want to watch T-Law. But, yeah. like, you know, other than that, like, I think the Jags, hands down, have the better roster. But is it going to win them the game? I don't know. Because, yeah. like, not – in week one, not so – like, sometimes the best roster doesn't win week one, you know? If you look last yeah. year, the Jags okay. beat the Colts. <laughs> and then they went on to lose 15 straight. I mean, it's, it's week one football, right? That's why, um, I mean, we're going to be reacting to the college games later, but that's why you don't want to overreact. So major key for me is um, obviously it's centered around the Texans defense because that's the group that I'm honestly most interested in. Everyone's going to be saying, obviously, the Jags offense. But in terms of the Jags offense, can you run the football again? Because that's how you beat the Texans. You ran it down their throat. They couldn't stop anyone. James Robinson, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor were all going for like 150 yards guaranteed every one of those games. Is that going to be the same story again? Are they just going to get bullied up front? Or do these is it just going to be an under average run defense? Because if, if the Texans have been able to upgrade their run defense from almost historically bad yeah, to yeah. just under average with a rookie quarterback. I mean, I think T Law is going to make his plays, but he's not. I don't think he's going to be consistent out there necessarily, unless your defense really sucks. You have a chance. I, I think they have, they definitely have a chance, and I think they're home too. Um, mm. I don't know if that helps. I'm not sure if any Texans fans are showing up. Next they're not game, showing up to watch Philip Lindsay, the three headed monster of Philip Lindsay, <laughs> and David Johnson. Okay, so actually, before we do, you have any other keys? I think we kind of touched on most of that. Uh, uh, the Texans. Nah. Like, obvi- other than the obvious ones, right? Because I don't really want to touch into, like, okay, T-Ball is playing. I, I'd be, like, I know Tyrod Taylor is not the best, you know, passer of the football, but I would be, like, interested to see, like, you know, Nico Collins play mm-hmm. some of these rookies, you know? Maybe, like. Brevin Jordan. I know a lot of people liked him at tight end. Yeah, if I'm like a Texas fan, I'm just kind of looking into who we drafted this year and see if I can buy stock into him or not. Because you're not going to win, but mm-hmm. like you can build. Um, maybe a Davis Mills sighting at some point. I would love some Davis Mills. Dude's let's legit. go into let's go into the battle of the birds. Eagles oh, Falcons. <laughs> this is a game you talk about a grinder of a football game, an absolute oh, 
dude, because I'll I'll bring the the Dan Campbell quotes into it. Like, this is a kneecap biter. You know, this is a scrappy football game. Um, because like you always mention it, and and I love to watch these football games where they're fun, defensive, grindy football game, and you get it week one again. Yeah, it's kind of crazy putting into the Falcons saying they actually play a really well defensive game, but they show up for this game for some reason. <laughs> but, I mean, it, there's a lot of faces that have gone, you know, it's since the last time this team played, or even the last – because the last three games, you can look at it against the Eagles and Falcons, it's been the same exact game. Same exact game. With, this, with two of the same turnouts where the Falcons didn't convert – on the last play of the game to win, and then finally on the third time, they do convert on like a fourth and two, and Julio takes it to the house. Then they almost blew it. But um, I'm, I'm still expecting the same low-scoring, grindy game, you know, like two offenses. I like I think we have the upper hand because of Matt, first of all, at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I'm ready to see, like, I think Dean Pease is going to be much more aggressive in the past at creating pressure. So if you can disrupt Jalen Hurts early, because you guys still remember he's a young quarterback, make him, make him, you know, uncomfortable, then you got a shot. Same thing for the Eagles. You should be licking your chops whenever you see the Falcons at line. I mean, Fletcher Cox is going to have to go up against Jalen Mayfeld, a rookie, so he should have a field day. Um, so yeah, one of the points you brought up is definitely one of my main points, right? Like Eagles O-line against Falcons D-line, two groups that last year just struggled and two groups that have some hope. I think the Eagles O-line has a little bit more hope just because they get like a whole new slew of guys back off of injury and a lot of them proven. And I like Landon Dickerson a lot, so I think he's going to have, he's going to be a phenomenal player, but even on the Falcons defensive line, right? There, there's some hope. You got a new defensive coordinator. Um, you got some pieces. Yeah, you, you, you guys had a, one of your draft picks it has apparently been looking pretty good up front. Yeah, the kid from Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I like that guy coming out. He was um, what is his name? This is so I can't pronounce. Yeah, it's it. it's tough to pronounce. Yeah, I'm. I thought he was like yeah, he's an interior guy, right? No, he rushes from the outside. He's going from the outside? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like – I'm pretty sure I like the 91 on Notre Dame. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, The one thing that – there's two things I don't like about this for the Falcons. Um, First off is Kendall Sheffield I saw just got put on IR today, mm-hmm. which really sucks because I think that Kendall Sheffield is a very underrated, good little corner piece that can play on both the outside and the slot and would have been really good this year, especially not having to be the number one corner because you kind of figure you have that in A.J. Terrell. That's what you drafted him to be. The other reason I like it is I we still don't know what the hell we're going to get out of the Falcons' run game, and that's kind of like my second point. Are the Falcons ever going to be able to run the ball again? Uh, I don't know. Once Shanahan left, it's been non-existent. And, like, really non-existent. Especially under Dirk. I don't even know the last time a Falcons running back has rushed for over 100 yards. Gurley did it once last year. Yeah, I figured Gurley did do it once, but it probably wasn't very pretty. (laughs) I think he did it against... 
the Panthers or the Lions, one of those two teams. We lost either way, but <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I'm on the same boat. I listen. I like Mike Davis because he's a cheap little running back you can pick up, and you know he's he's a proven. You know he's kind of more of a vet now. He's proven himself. He had a really good year, but also that was a different system. Still don't know like how Arthur Smith's. You know his. Calling with Derrick Henry last year, of course, tremendous. Last three years he's been there was amazing to see, but he doesn't have Derrick Henry, you know, and he doesn't have that O line. Like the O line is just not as good. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And to bring up the secondary with Kendall Sheffield, yeah, that's a big mess because you know I, Isaiah Oliver is already like one of the worst corners in the league. Dude sucks. Um, and also like you know the secondary is completely new, like. Pretty much, safeties are completely. You starting a rookie and Richie Grant. I, you know, I like him, but again, how fat is he going to make an immediate impact? I don't know. And then you're starting Jalen Hawkins. I think that's his name. You know, like he's shown at times he's been good, but at the end of the day, is this the guy? You know, like you it's don't a know. rookie secondary, and that's a secondary that's been known to give up free touchdowns under Dan, uh, not Dan Campbell. Um. What's y'all the, the, your your coach's name? That's not the DC. The, Dan Quinn. There it is. I got the, the Dan Quinn? right. Um, Other than that, I want to see Kyle Pitts. I mean, if, yeah, I Kyle mean, Pitts. That that he's obviously going to be interesting. I want to see if Kyle Pitts can can open up the field for the run game a little bit. Um, just because he is such a mismatch hazard, you always got to have an eye on him. And lastly, like I know that Jalen Hurts is a really popular quarterback start right now you know because jt writes the stardom sit him so if you're interested in that check it out on um and i know that jalen hurts is like a big start right now falcons defense all oh, they suck dude i am not confident in jalen hurts starting this week i understand the falcons defense is young and they and a lot of people think they suck and he could go off but dude i know dean Pease, and dps i think is going to confuse the shit out of him because yeah. dude, Dean Pease has some of the best defensive design I've ever seen. Some of that stuff that he did with the Titans a couple years ago was awesome. Really, really, really awesome. Really creative stuff. And I am not so sure that Jalen Hurts is going to go in there and have the field day that people are thinking. I don't yeah, know. It I, could I, happen. I'm... Maybe they just don't have an answer for Devontae Smith. Or they don't have an answer for the tight ends. But if I'm going to pick an offense to go off, it's going to be the Falcons. It's not going to be the Eagles. Yeah, you would think so. But, you know, it is Falcons football. Yeah, it's I, Falcons I, football. I, I, would, I would, you know, the game's at home, right? I'm right about that. That's why we're favored in this. Yeah, so, like, they're going to be up. Grady Jarrett should have, you know, he should be able to do his thing. I think the X factor in the D line is still Dante Fowler. You know, am I going to get Dante Fowler from the Rams or am I going to get Dante Fowler from last year? He can't stay on the field and yeah. just basically was a blocking dummy, you know? I think I'd hit an under in this game. I think I would. Mm -hmm. I think I'm confident. Like, the more I'm thinking about it, and I, I do think that Jalen Hurts is going to get off to us. I, I don't like, – I'm just scared because Dean Pease is – dude, those defenses are awesome. And I hope that people tune into that game. Next game. Chargers against the Washington football team. This is definitely one of the most interesting games, if not the most interesting game of week one, because it's just two teams in different conferences that are both in the same spot, you figure, but for kind of different reasons. The Chargers, 
okay, well, you have a quarterback. Not that yeah. you haven't under Phillip Rivers. It's just, damn, that was quick. <laughs> he already got another, like, franchise quarterback real quick. New coach, who I think we both like, and Brandon Staley from the Rams, mm-hmm. their defensive coordinator. I, I think I, I've kind of pegged this as one of the better head coaching hires of the league because I feel like Brandon Staley kind of solves a lot of the problems at least from a hypothetical standpoint of, okay, that defense kind of sucked in late in the games. And, and, you know, with Sean McVay, you talk about a guy that doesn't blow leads and fuck up games. Like he's never lost when leading at halftime. So hopefully you get some of that with, with Brandon Staley here. And then you have the Washington football team. Who's just, dude, they, they have a sick roster. Yeah. I mean, that whole defense is is nasty. It's, I feel like the whole thing is just, is Fitzmagic the guy to kind of lead him to the promised land? Is Fitzmagic the dude? Like, are we going to get that Fitzmagic that we kind of saw in the Jets? And even a little bit last year where it's like he's got the locker room he, he and he is the guy. Or are we just going to get Fitz tragic, right? Is he going to just go out there and start chucking picks? <laughs> well, that, that, that's the key to the football team's offense, you know? Is is Fitz Magic going to show up, or is he if bad Fitz Magic going to play? You know, I, but the same about Fitz Magic. Like the football team on offense has some weapons. You know, with Scary Terry Gibson, JD McKissick, even like these are guys that are made are capable of making the big play. And Fitz Magic, you know, is a capable guy of throwing the ball downfield. Someone that I don't think Scary Terry's had yet in his career. So. Those two mixed together can be pretty nice. Also, I I don't know too much about the Chargers' defense. You know, I would think they'd get better under Staley, just based off his resume. But you you know what the football team's defense is going to bring. I mean, that front seven is going to attack you, so that's going to be well, tough for him. The thing is, is that you add in the Florida State crew because you get healthy Derwin James, which is huge. Derwin James, man, that mm-hmm. guy is insane. He is a freak. Still don't understand how he didn't go top five in the draft. And another dude that I don't know how did he didn't get picked in the first round is Asante Samuel Jr. Because those are these are two D backs yeah. that I love. I know you really like uh, Derwin James. I think you also like Asante Samuel Jr. a lot. Yeah, I do. Dude, you add these guys back to this defense. Holy smokes! You get Bosa like. Like Brad, we saw it with Brandon Stan. It's not like he doesn't that defense doesn't have talent, man. I I just I don't know because it's just there's a lot of question marks, right? There's just a lot of question marks on, on both sides of the field. Um. So the the biggest question mark for me outside of Fitz Magic because I think if you put Tom Brady in the Washington Football Team, they're they're like the Super Bowl favorite. Um, but. We have a completely revamped Chargers offensive line. Mm-hmm, they went out true. there and they spent, right? They picked up Lindsley from the Packers, a center. They went out and drafted a lot of people's top tackles, surprisingly, over Penesul and Rashawn Slater, who had a really good game against Chase Young on tape. I think it was two years ago, yeah. right? So he, he's kind of proven that he can go up against some top dudes. That Chargers O-line, like, they graded pretty crap in pass pro. This is the big test right here. Is it actually improved? Or did you just – not that it is necessarily wasted. It's just you put the assets there. Let's see if it pays dividends. I think you will definitely see it play better than last year, 
So I, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm leaning in this game. I guess I, just, I do know what I'm leaning. The thing, Washington's team is freaking ridiculous. You look at every position, they've got players. Every position. And I'm not saying that like, oh, well, yeah, obviously they have players on the roster. Like, no, no, no. They have good players at every position. Yeah. I think I'm a lean football team as well. I, <laughs> you know, I think Herbert's going to fall back down to earth a little bit, hit that sophomore slump. And it would just that kind of defense paired up. I know the O line got better and might show moments of it, but uh, I'm still taking that defense to prevail over that O line. All right, next game. Little little lasting impacts of COVID happening there. Sorry about that. We have the the Pittsburgh Steelers against oh, okay. the Buffalo Bills. My Pittsburgh Steelers against the Buffalo Bills. This is a game, Bills are definitely the popular pick, and you can just kind of point to the game last season for the reason why. Um, biggest question for me is two things. One, is Stephon Diggs just going to have another field day? Is Stephon Diggs just going to go out there and basically be unguardable, right? And number two, is this Steelers offensive line and running attack? Um, are we actually going to see something? I mean, they, you spent the first-round pick in Najee Harris. You essentially replaced every single starter from the offensive line last year, like that was at least playing at the end of the year last year. Everyone's different. Whole new faces. Okay, is it just going to be the Ben show again? Are we just going to be like, hey, 39-year-old, 4-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, just go, go make some plays, just make it happen? Or are we going to be able to have some sort of balanced attack here with Matt Canada, creative run scheme, where he's had run success at basically every stop he's been to so far? Is that going to translate here? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd like to see how Najee is in his first game. Um, but, you know, the Bills last year, it, you know, it kind of flip-flopped from them from years prior where, like, their defense really carried them through games to where their offense was putting up crazy numbers and their defense was not as good. Uh, they they invested some in their D-line. They got into Godway. Uh, they did, weren't they the ones that drafted Rousseau? Yeah, they drafted Rousseau and, I think, Carlos Basham. Carlos yeah, so Boogie Basham. You would think their D-line would be better. Uh, paired up with that Steelers' uh, new offensive line, you, like you said, it'd be interesting little mix to see, you know, which side wins. Um. Well, the other thing, too, though, is that I know that the second corner spot is kind of open for the Bills now that um, Norman left, right? Mm -hmm. So I wonder how that's going to be filled. You know, they got a couple guys, Levi Wallace and Teron Johnson. Um, no idea what that's going to look like necessarily. Uh, and the other thing, too, though, is for the Steelers' run game, it's not even just Najee. Like, Matt Canada's going to be doing some of that jet sweep, and you we're probably going to see some shovel pass kind of crap, some creative stuff. Like, is that stuff going to work, or is it just going to be wasted plays, wasted looks? Yeah, and I agree. I don't know, because, like, the other thing, too, though, going back to that second corner spot, is that this Bill's secondary on paper is freaking tremendous. And I want – we kind of saw that against the Ravens, that bill secondary was making, they made a lot of plays against the Ravens. Um, I mean, they won them that football game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did. They played much better in, in the postseason. And that was a Ravens offense that was really hot, right? At the time they were just going off. So 
I we did see some pretty encouraging signs. You add a lot of talent up front. Um. Okay, the other the other question I have before we move on from this game is. I had this question kind of at the end of last season uh, when when the Bills lost, and that was kind of like, if, if you have that game where Stephon Diggs is not popping off, who's the next guy? Because I'm pretty sure at the, at the end of last year, Cole Beasley was playing pretty nicked up. And, I mean, yeah, you tried to add talent. You, you, you brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Um Gabriel Davis, I really like, and he's a young guy. Dawson Knox is another young guy that I like. You you, you have some running backs and Devil, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, good offensive line. And it's like, is one of these dudes outside of Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley going to be like another? Because Cole Beasley's not that legit number two. It's not yeah. like you can say, oh, well, we're going to be like the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey and and Tyree Kill, we're going to replicate that with with Stefan Diggs and then Cole Beasley. Like Cole Beasley is a good player. I think he's a great number three. But you need another dude, another dude that's just a matchup hazard. That's freaking annoying. And one of the, it's got to be one of these guys. So are you going to have that, or is it just going to kind of be like the same story as last year, where it's like, okay, Stefan Diggs, we need you to pop, and then Josh Allen make a crap ton of plays. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting, you know, because, like, I, I would think they would have, like, addressed that more in the offseason, but I think they were more focused on the defensive side. Mm, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, it I, didn't really all. show up a lot of games. I just got that feeling seeing the Chiefs kind of just bully their receivers, right? Mm-hmm. They just – you shut down Stephon Diggs, double him the entire game, and a hurt Cole Beasley wasn't able to do it. A Dawson Knox wasn't able to do it last year. All the guys, you know, they, and they had a lot of young players on their offense, a lot of young receivers. So I'm not gonna gonna say that they're screwed necessarily, but I want to see it happen. Um, let's go to the next game. This is a weird game. 49ers against the Detroit Lions week one. People are definitely thinking that the Niners are just gonna have their way with the Lions. And to be honest, I'm kind of getting that feeling too. I, I did not like the way that the Lions have looked really a lot of this preseason. Um, I'm rooting for Dan Campbell and whatnot. It, just, <laughs> it doesn't look great right now. It looks like your classic Lions. So first couple things is 49ers, the expectations are back. You know, you had a, we, we, we all gave you the mulligan from last year because of the injuries and you kind of got screwed by COVID and, okay, the quarterback situation, yada, 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 yada. No excuses this year. Brandon Ayuk, we should see him take a step forward. Or Debo Samuel, one of those two dudes. You have George Kittle back, right? You drafted a, two running backs, and you still have Raheem Most. You got like 90,000 running backs. You still have a sicko line. You kept the band together. Defense, you get all your pass rushers healthy. Are we going to see you be a dominant team? Or are we going to kind of see what happened against the Cardinals last year where, yeah, we expected the Cardinals to be in the game, and we expected it to be good, but... The Cardinals kind of just hung around, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even like the 49ers were getting outplayed. The Cardinals just made made plays, and the, and the 49ers did. Are we just going to see it be dominant, right? We, we haven't really seen the Niners be dominant since that Super Bowl run. I want to see them be dominant this game. I Yeah, I like this is a game where, you know, you play in a really tough division, 
and you get an easy week one on paper, don't let these guys hang around. Like, again, Dan Campbell is going to make these guys gritty. You know, that's the vibe I get from them. Like, they're going to play tough, and they're going to play up to their competition. But you're the 49ers. Your team is stacked or too stacked to be letting these guys hang around. You got to – I kind of want to see a statement win because, like, the Niners, like, you know, I love Shanahan. I I love him. But, like, we've only seen that one season of dominance under him. You know, like, I give him the benefit of doubt last year with all the injuries and – or – so what? Yeah, we, we gave him the pass. We, we gave him the pass. But I won't. I like. I'm want to see you if you're still legit. Like, are you still the team to team to beat in the West? All right. And on the other front for the Lions, I'm not really expecting much out of the Lions. I guess you just kind of want to see some upside. But the one thing I do want to see from the Lions is you invested draft capital in your offensive and defensive line. You went. And, and I agree with the strategy, right? You went and said, hey, I'm tired of getting beat up front. That was our problem, or at least one of our problems, definitely a major one. Let's improve. Let's just spend our entire draft class, all of our relevant picks until day three, on offensive and defensive linemen. Are you going to get bullied? Because that this San Francisco team is freaking nasty up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Are you going to get bullied, right? I, this is just going to be a battle of the trenches. Right, if you're a big fan of offensive and defensive line play, this is the this is the game that I want to see because who's going to win up front? I, I mean, it should be the Niners, but if the yeah, Lions are able to win up front, I don't really care if they lose by like ten points. That is encouraging for me because the plan is working. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, Vikings versus Bengals. This is a really really fun game. Yeah, this um, is funky. I like this one a lot, right? So the first thing I want to see is the Bengals' defense. And more specifically, their pass rush. And it also kind of works hand-in-hand, because like, what are we going to get from the Vikings' offensive line here? A group that they have been sneakily investing a decent amount into. A lot of day one and day two draft capital into that offensive line. But the Bengals, Bengals pulled out the pocketbook this season, right? They brought in that that pass rusher, uh, Henriksen or whatever his name is from the Saints. And mm-hmm. I, I thought he was pretty good, but you paid him to be a number one. You're easy to look good against uh, aside of Cam Jordan with that yeah. secondary. Paid him paid him cash. You paid him to be a number one. Is he a number one? You bring in guys like Chidobi Wouzier and Mike Hilton in the secondary. Is your secondary just I mean, I don't think that, that it was bad necessarily last year. It's just I'm not gonna come out here and say that they were like anything above average like are we going to see improvement at least so big big concern for me Bengals defense because if that's that's the whole Bengals season right there I don't care what people want to say about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and their offense if their defense is below average they're fucked and this is a this is I mean the Vikings offense I call them the the Tennessee Titans of the NFC right they're they're nasty and no one gives them that top tier credit yeah, my question, you know, stay on the defensive front is the Vikings defense. Are we going to see a defense that bad again under Zimmer? Yeah, and, true. And, like, you know, again, they drafted so many young defensive players to where, you know, you're kind of hoping a couple pan out now. The thing is, when you look at the Bengals offense, they got so much talent in these receivers and Joe Burrow, of course. 
that it, it's going to be like, you know, when you have to go up against Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins and all this, I, I'm, I'm ready to see if the Vikings defense last year, was it just a fluke, you know, like we were young, like it took us a while to figure it out or it, are we just still bad? You know, yeah. I, I'm going to bet that they're not that bad again under Zimmer, especially just because of his track record. But I think this would be a good early tell sign of what kind of defense you're going to get from the Vikings this year. So, yeah, that, that, that kind of leeways into my big question as well for the Vikings is like, you know, your, your strategy has kind of been, hey, let's trade down. Let's just stack talent. Let's just talent, talent, talent everywhere. Let's just throw darts at the draft board. I think it's kind of – I like the strategy, right? You just bring in a crap ton of players. Yeah. Are we going to see that now? Are we going to see the depth pan out? Are we going to see this Vikings team have almost kind of like what the Cowboys had in, like, 2016 where it's like, okay, they didn't necessarily have, like, the star star at, at pass rusher. I mean, they had that – um, uh, what's their star pass rusher's name? Uh, um, yeah. Oh, now I can't. Demarcus remember. Lawrence. Yeah, Demar- like they D-Law. had Demarcus Lawrence. I'm pretty sure at the time it was like the young guy. Oh, he yeah, wasn't he like is. established, but they, you know, they had like a squad of like six pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see that from the Vikings, where you kind of go from, oh, it's inconsistent youth play to okay, now we have a bunch of guys up front that can all play, and we're giving them a nice rotation. They're all fresh. You have good linebackers, and then obviously at corner, right? Corner's been kind of a problem spot for you. You bring in Patrick Peterson. Can Patrick Peterson be that number one, right? And especially against the Bengals, you got a lot of receivers that you're going to have to go up against. So that's a really fun game. I'm definitely going to be tuning into that one. Yeah, that's good. Now we have Jets versus Panthers. Return of the Darnold. Oh, uh, baby. That is so crazy. The first team he has to play is the Jets. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> I like this game a lot. And the big one for me, speaking of Sam Darnold, is this Panthers offensive line against a pretty suspect Jets defense. Sala, you, you can tell he tried to to invest the what little assets, not little assets, but like what little assets he had left after bringing in the necessary key pieces to your roster. He did try to bring in some pass rushers, and they had one dude get hurt, and then they brought in like Carl Lawson or something. They just traded for mm-hmm. him. So clearly – pass rush is pretty thin right now in New York, unsurprisingly. And the Panthers, like their offensive line has been suspect. Who's going to win up there? Because I think that that might be a huge determining factor in who wins the game because it's just kind of two weak spots, it seems like, right now for each club. Well, whoever wins there, I feel like is going to have a good chance of winning the game. Yeah, I think that would be a good tell. Also, Zach Wilson, you know, like – in his first start, you're going to have to face that Panthers secondary that I think is very, very underrated. You know, and Jeremy Chen, of course, J.C. Horn, even up front with Derrick Brown, you know, like they got some dogs Whole on that defense. defense. I like that defense a lot. So, like, going up against them first time, I, I just – I'm questioning, you know, Darnold. Like, he's got to be a little nervous for this game. You know he wants to show out and mm-hmm. win this game to prove New York wrong. Like, you know, like, hey, it was the team, not me. Are so, you going to give it to us? Speaking of Darnold, right, I think the biggest qualm that I had with Darnold when I did the Sam Darnold film analysis was his inability to stretch the field vertically. 
you know, you watch those Jets games, and there were times where it was open. It's not like, oh, well, the, the Jets receivers just sucked ass. Like, dude, Jamison Crowder was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, low-key. He was, yeah, he was, he was pretty nice. nice. And Adam Gase would scheme things open occasionally, right? And and it just wasn't being hit. And the only time it was being hit was that game with Joe Flacco starting, really, against the Patriots, right? They were finally getting some, some things going there. But... Now you got no excuses because Joe Brady, if there's one dude that's been the receiver production whisperer, it's been Joe Brady. Everywhere he he goes and he touches, his receivers turn to gold. Yeah. And in return, like the quarterback gets some pretty good numbers. So are we going to kind of be able to see Sam Darnold stretch the field here? You have the tools to, especially DJ Moore. Right? I think he's one of the, the premier deep threats in the NFL right now. Terrace Marshall, he's looking pretty good. Robbie Anderson – Sam Darnold had a thousand yards of him. Like you got an offense that is like made and ready to to get behind, right? To to yeah. get the the ball in the hands down the field. Let's see if Sam Darnold can do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I if I had to lean someone, I'm leaning Panthers here. First of all, because I'm not taking the Jets, but like it, it is true about Joe Brady. Wherever he goes, he seems to be able to manufacture some good talent, and like your numbers are good as a result of it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Jets, like, obviously I want to win football games, but I just I just want to see the team be competitive. And for our, our groups on both sides of the ball, like, obviously you're not striving to be average, but if in the first year of, like, your major overhaul, I guess kind of second year under your new yeah. GM. <laughs> um, a little intrusion there. Um like, are, are we going to – I honestly forget what I was saying there. Um, something about the Jets and their rebuild? Oh, yeah, second year of the rebuild. I feel like it is kind of the first. I expect them to be kind of like the Josh Allen Bills from, like, two years ago where, hey, let's at least just go, like, 7-11 and 11 and and be competitive, have a, couple, yeah, have I, a bunch I of think, close games. I think that would be a good building point for Sala where you can – especially if Zach Wilson looks like he is the guy, you know. Then yeah. you can you can really start building around that. You know, I just because I always kind of come back to Zach Wilson's start against Tennessee. That's one thing that I really liked about him was that start. If you watch that game, you're gonna be like, dude, Zach Wilson did not look great, but he hung around and he put his team in a position to just hang around to eventually grab a win late against a team that's better than you. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say from Zach Wilson. The Jets is like, let's just hang around and be able to win the game. Because if you do that enough, you'll you'll get some wins, and like, dude, once you add more talent, right? Because you, ha- I'm pretty sure they still have upgraded draft capital and a bunch of cap space and whatnot. Yeah. Like, then you, all the pieces start to fall into place. Your quarterback's on a rookie. Um, here's another great game: Cardinals against the Titans. Mm, this yeah. is an interesting one, especially now because it feels like the Titans are finally starting to get some of the credit that they deserve bringing in Julio Jones, you have a lot of people that are really defending Ryan Tannehill this season, um, where he was kind of just looked at as a game manager. (laughs) I think a little bit better than a game manager, but I feel like he was in the vein more, oh, he's more of like a Kirk Cousins or a Matt Ryan than he is like one of those truly like legit quarterbacks. And now you look at his numbers and and you look at his tape and and how effective he is throwing the ball deep down the field on difficult throws. And you're like, well, shit, maybe 
he did warrant that eighth overall pick, and maybe he is one of the more elite quarterbacks in the NFL. A late so, bloomer. Speaking on that front, big matchup for me. Titans wide receivers against these Cardinals cornerbacks that are all new and they're all young. Um, what's going to happen there? Because this the Cardinals corners were nice last year. They were yeah. like, they were legit. Patrick Peterson and and Vance Joseph had like, dude, he put a lot of pressure on them to cover one on one. And you had Buddha Baker who's just roaming around there everywhere. Like, dude, that that secondary was nice, and now you have to replace it all. Are you are you going to be able to stop this stud Titans everything? I do like <coughs> I would lean no, just based on them being new. It, like it. Is this going to be prime Julio? No, but like I still think Julio's good enough where he's going to make separation and just give AJ Brown a lot of one-on-one looks as well. And I love AJ Brown. I just think you know, even though they lost Arthur Smith, I still think this offense even now has more pieces and could be like just a well old machine ready to go. And they have fake Sean McVay. Yeah, they do have him. They, they, their offensive coordinator, no joke, I forget his name, but you can look him up online. We've pulled up his picture on the podcast before. Dude is literally a fake Sean McVay. He's a, he is a carbon copy of a new Sean McVay. 100%. And they got him. Good for you. You got him. So what other, what other keys do I have? Um, kind of on, on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Like we were talking about the cards, corners. We can move to their up up front their front seven which has had tremendous upgrades you bring in the big one jj watt um you bring in uh what's his name that that linebacker out of tulsa that Zayvon i like collins. Zayvon collins um i i think that Zayvon collins is a freaking animal so i'm excited to be able to see him play against a, a good titans offense so <clears throat> that's gonna be interesting to see and then the last major question I have for the Cardinals, it's almost all the questions are on the Cardinals, because I feel like I know what we're going to get out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, outside of their defense, maybe, can they can you tackle? <laughs> um, has the Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury relationship, the chemistry, the, the whole package, Kyler as a passer, has that and will that take the next step to where they really need to be to compete in this tough division and to go from that fringe playoff team to being truly legit contenders. That's what I want to see. Yeah. This is what I said, like in the off season and then last year, because I thought they would be good enough last year to make the playoffs and they were on the right track, but maybe I took them one year too early. I think this is the season now where it's like, Hey man, you got to make the playoffs for me. Like you have to do it for me to buy into you. And, I mean, you got the guys. I, I truly believe. I mean, I think they should be set. I, this game should be very competitive because Kyler's just – he can control it by himself. But it is a really more of a question mark on how good the Cardinals are because we know how good Tennessee is. You know, yeah. Tennessee at the end of the day is going to bring the thunder with Derrick Henry and, you know, they're going to play competitive football and win majority of their games. Cardinals, you need to beat teams like this to be playoff caliber. And I think we won starting when, you know, like you're not sure on everyone. It would be a great start this week just going – is beating Tennessee. Yeah, and I just like – 
even if they lose, like I, I want to see it because it, it felt like at the end of last year, you you really did see Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, and honestly, not even you feel it, like you you could watch it, right? I showed it on my Cardinals analysis. Like you can look from week three to week nine and see how much more comfortable Kyler Murray is with the offense and as a passer. I like we just need to to progress on that. That was the building block. Let's keep going up and up and up until, and let's see if Kyler Murray is like that MVP caliber guy. So now we get into definitely one of the more fun games of this week, and that is the AFC Championship rematch between the, what or was it the divisional round? One of the two playoff rematch between the Browns and the Chiefs. Um, and the major question that I have lies on the Browns, and that is, can you make the big play? I really felt like when the Browns got going, you know, obviously they were giving fits, teams fits with all their tight end looks and running the ball, and and, and Baker Mayfield is really being efficient as a passer, not turning the ball over, playing well. But you, in that playoffs, you just couldn't get the big play. You really, Especially in that Chiefs game, you just really couldn't manufacture that big play to turn the momentum in the game heavily into your favor. Yeah. Can you do that this time around? Because now you got OBJ back, and that's the guy you think is going to do it. If you need a big play, you think it's going to be that guy. So can you do it? Uh, dude, I really want to see the Browns win this one. Cause... <laughs> Browns fan, Steve? Yeah, like I'm just going to Browns fan this one. What I like about the Browns coming in this year, because like – you know, there what the two years ago you had the Super Bowl hype. Then last year it was kind of like, oh well, we don't really care about the Browns now. And then you know, all of a sudden they're good. Now coming into this year with all the additions, you know, to one of the better rosters in the NFL, I think on paper, it you know, like people are giving them a little bit of credit. Like, yeah, they could win that division. Yeah, they could. I like where they're at. Like. The big play, they just got to let it happen. I still, like, just lean on Chubb. Lean on Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You got the best two. You got the best duo tandem there. And then, you know, this time around, you got Odell. If Odell can make a couple big plays, you know, you, you traded him for that kind of, you know, S to make big plays. Yeah, to be that prototypical X guy that's going to vertically stretch the field and come up with, with a couple of big catches. Because I have no doubt that Baker can do that. Like he, he, if you give him the opportunity for a big play, he'll he'll complete it. And then on the Chiefs side, you know, like I mean, there's not much to say about the Chiefs because they're just so damn yeah, good. Yeah, like you you know what's gonna happen with the Chiefs? I, I think you were saying to me that Tyron Matthew apparently is on the injury report. So if he doesn't play, that's huge. Yeah, that's massive for the Browns if he doesn't play because I feel like that defense really ran through Tyron Matthew last year. So it definitely I mean, takes a drop. Mark, you really have for the Chiefs, I guess the the meta one that everyone's gonna be like, oh, the offensive line, dude. They, like, oh, they the offensive line will be fine. That group, like, I think that offensive line is just gonna be ridiculously good. Yeah, so, I don't really even care that. about that. Um, to me, it's the defensive line because the Chiefs couldn't really generate pressure without blitzing last year. I don't have the numbers, but, I mean, you look at every third down, uh, they're, they're just doing these crazy looping blitzes and crap, doing anything they can to, to get extra guys and numbers advantage against the quarterback, and it did work. Um, but, like, are you just going to be able to generate pressure in other ways than just 
creatively bringing pressure and especially mm-hmm. against the Browns offense where dude, they, they pass block. Well, I mean, they, they do everything. Well, that offensive line is probably the best in the league and the most complete. Um, I guess the other, the only other question mark for the chiefs is like, can Michael Hardman step up or can Edwards Elair kind of be the, the first round talent than you draft him to be, or is it just going to kind of be the Mahomes show with, with Kelsey and Hill again? I think I'm just leaning more on the Mahomes show, but um, I, I am expecting big things out of Clyde. Though I think Clyde will have a fine second year. If I have to rely on Miko Hardman, you know, like <laughs> I think I, you're I, fucked. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to be a factor at all. Maybe like you know, returning kicks. All right, so we got next game battle of the Alabama quarterbacks here, divisional game Dolphins versus Patriots. This is a fun one. Um, and you get obviously the Brian Flores, Bill Belichick matchup again, mm-hmm. a whole lot of, a whole lot of blood shared between these two teams. It feels like a whole lot of like family connections. Right. Um, so the big thing I want to see is this new Patriots front seven, man. I've been saying it all off season. They, they, they talk about a team that brought up the pocketbook. Yeah. They they completely bought a completely new front seven. They went from like their best front seven player last year being Chase Winovich to Chase Winovich basically being relegated to like a rotational pass rusher. <laughs> so like you have a completely new team on your front seven. Um, and just kind of like on the contrary, how how in command is Tua now the offense? You, you have no Fitz magic to to sub out Tua for. Like he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy. Are we going to see him be the guy? I think those are two really big lines. I also like this game is perfect for Week One because you know <laughs> the Patriots move the, this off off season. I love those moves. The Dolphins not so much. You know I wasn't in love with what they did this off season. So you get a tell of two tapes there. I'm excited to see Mac Jones, you know, hopefully he plays up to all the hype that we've given him. Um, the battle of the two Bama quarterbacks, you know, I still like the Patriots in this game. You know, I, I think it's a better roster, better coach. I, I even say a better quarterback. Um, it, it's going to be, I still, it's going to be an interesting game because that Dolphins defense, like, is underrated. They're a sleeper. And they create a lot of points for their offense see if they can continue to keep doing that. But other than that, it should be a very competitive game. All right, so we have – who do we have next? We have a couple of games left. We have Broncos versus Giants. Um, this is an interesting one because it's like two elite defenses matching up against each other, two teams with questionable quarterbacks. Um, they both have a lot of offensive talent. So to me, it's almost like, okay, well, which offense is just going to score 20 points? It feels like one of those kinds of games where it's like, dude, if we score 20, we can win. As long as we don't turn mm-hmm. the ball over a bunch of times, like, just scored three times. It's three times in the game, we win. Well, who's the team going to be? Yeah, I, I have that same feeling with this one. Dude, I don't know. Who's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> I, just like what? What's I, what, what's the what's the I don't know. I don't know. Like I, this is Broncos and Giants, right? Yeah, Broncos Giants. I'm I'm ready. Like 
the, my I don't know is Daniel Jones. You know, like I I want to see if he's like you know like this is a good defense. He's going up. I want to see that first round pick on you. Like I want to see you play up to that. Nah, I agree. Um, I don't really don't think there's much in this one that that's necessarily like out of the ordinary. I guess let's see if the Giants' offensive line can kind of keep up some of the momentum that they were building at the end of last year when you had guys like Wayne Gallman really running well. Now that that, that you have a healthy Saquon, like did you get the blocking that Wayne Gallman had at the end oh, of last then season? Saquon you should have see a, Saquon explode. He should have a huge season, you know, with that talent. So so it's like, okay, where's the uh, – what's the running game going to be for New York? Um, yeah, other than that, like I feel like we know what we're going to get out of the Broncos. I feel like you know what the Broncos are. They're the kind of team that they're, they're going to be that fringe playoff scrappy kind of a team that if you take them lightly, they're going to beat you. And against those elite-level teams, they're just going to come up short because they don't have that true elite level quarterback and their offense is, is good. They have a lot of good weapons, but I don't think it's going to be good enough to carry them against the truly elite teams. Mm -hmm. Here's a fun one though. We have Packers saints prime time game. So there are tons of question marks in that one because you have the Patriots after that clown fiesta of an off season, like was that, a distraction? Are you going to come out here slow, or does that not matter? I, I don't really think it matters, to be honest. I think that we're going to see the Packers kind of come out fast here. Um, and then the Saints. Dude, like, Jameis is back. <laughs> Jameis is back? I'm, Crab legs? I'm buying full back into Jameis under Sean Payton. I think he can put up some numbers with him, and you'll see the pig numbers go down, because when did Drew Brees ever – Thorough pick, it seemed like maybe besides that playoff game against the Bucks. But, um, you know, Jameis has that ability to be able to throw down the uh, downfield. Sucks that Michael Thomas, Slant Boy, isn't playing, you know, like to see that little hookup. But again, like the Saints lost a little bit of their roster, had to make some cuts because of salary cap. Are we going to get a rebuilding Saints? Are we going to still get a Saints team that's trying to compete? I'm more towards like they're going to try to compete and win this game. So I wouldn't count them out as like a spoiler here for the Packers, but I'm on the same page as you. I think all that drama with Rodgers and Packers, like it's not going to translate to the field because Aaron Rodgers is going to want to show that front office be like, all right, this is why you should have damn extended me and given me more money or like done it my way and give me more weapons because I'm about to show you what the MVP does. Um, all right, so I guess – How's Taysom Hill going to be used? <laughs> Are we going to see any red zone Taysom Hill kind of crap in this football game? Are we going to see the Saints defense just be studs? Uh, I I really like this game. So then we have another game. We have the Sunday night game. Bears right? Rams, right? Yeah, yeah it's it is. Bears Rams. So okay, clearly we have the new additions for the Rams. Matt Stafford is here. He's shown up. Sorry, I'm also doing an auction draft right now, which is kind of tough. Yeah, I'm doing a draft too. I just got chub. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, I might bid on McCaffrey here. Now McCaffrey's going for a ton. Uh, you did the auction draft last week, which is kind of fun. Um, Bears Rams. Where were we? Let's just restart Bears Rams. Okay, so obviously Bears Rams. 
Rams new offense. Matt Stafford is here. I think that we're going to see the Rams try to become the offense that they had back like 2018, where that was much more of an offense that their passing attack threatened you vertically. Mm. Right there, they're stretching defense. It felt like with Goff, um, for a, a bunch of reasons, right? Because they had they've had some offensive line inconsistencies. When they're fully healthy, they're pretty good. But it's like week to week, dependent on what kind of offensive line you're going to get from this team. And now you have a ton of receivers here because you bring in Tutu Atwell, Deshaun Jackson, you still have Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, like. You have a whole plethora of talented receivers. Like, it feels like we're going to see they they bring in Matt Stafford, great arm, great quarterback, over the top baby. Let's let's start moving this football. Yeah, I, dude. Like, just talking on Sunday night, I I'm more excited to see the Rams and Matthew Stafford actually play for a really good team now. But I. I I don't want to see the Bears because I'm not high on the Bears this year, you know. Like, is their defense going to be able to keep them in some games? Yeah, but, like, I don't want to see, you know, the Red Rifle and play on Sunday night, you know, unless Fields gets in. That would be interesting. But I kind of feel like this is a walk like a walk in the park for the Rams. Like, you're, you're going to see them make oh, some – I don't big... think it's a – I think that's a little bit harsh on the I, Bears there. Is it? Like, do the Bears yeah, – come on. In... The Bears defense is still legit. They'll keep them in that football game. At least I, you hope as a Bears. <laughs> yeah, you would um, hope, but like I mean, I like you. Th- I guess that's the other question, right? Like, is this Bears defense going to be that defense that we saw, especially at the beginning of last season, where it's like everyone is struggling to move the ball on them, mm-hmm. right? Even the Bucks couldn't couldn't really move the ball on them. Like the, the, they stifled the Saints, who were a pretty good offense last year, right? Like they were giving a lot of teams fits. Well, I think more the question is. Is the Bears' offense can Nagy produce enough points to win a game? You know, <laughs> they, and, they did at the end of last year. Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell he did, Trubisky, but, the truth was on fire. David Montgomery couldn't be stopped. But I think Trubisky, you know, just with his running capability, you know, sets the defenses on the edge a little bit more than like you know Andy Dalton, where you know he's just going to sit in the pocket. I don't know. I think Andy Dalton, like. You, you're going to – people are going to say, oh, well, that's the major question mark. Not really. I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting out of Andy Dalton. Like, No, I, I know what I'm getting out of him. Average quarterback. I know what I'm getting out of him. I'm just saying, like, I do is think it enough? That, I think that people are underrating Andy Dalton's ability because if you put him in an offense that he's comfortable with and, like, an offense that has talent, um, I think that they're going to be better than people expect. I mean, I'm not counting out that defense. I know the defense will keep it competitive, but, you know, we're both high on the Rams. I, I, And with Matthew Stafford just, you know, like, I know it might be new system, new team, but I don't think that's going to affect him pretty much. I'm pretty sure he's, like, he's ready to go. He knows he can put up numbers in this offense. I think the only thing that sucks is they don't have Cam Akers. Bang, just picked up a Keenan Allen. Let's ride. Nice. Good pick. Um. Okay, so we have the last game. It's Ravens versus Raiders. Man, you talk about a crazy matchup. I hate this game for the Raiders, to be honest. I, I do not like this matchup really? for the Raiders at all. Um, I, I Listen, I don't think that the – I'm not counting the Raiders out. It's, it's, it's just, early early season Raiders, man. Um, I, like – 
I, I'm just scared that the Raiders' run defense is going to get destroyed. That's what I'm scared of. I like, <sighs> dude, we, their defense couldn't stop anything last year, and especially at the end of last year, you could do whatever the hell you wanted. Yeah, you could run, really good. you could pass. Oh, who'd you want to throw it to? The receiver, the running back. Oh, how about a little tight end action? Yeah, it was oh, like you're playing backyard football out there. It's just like, dude. When you went against the Raiders' defense last year, you're licking your chops because guess what? I'm boosting those stats for the contract. Um, but I mean, they brought this. a lot of new faces. Yannick and Gogway they brought in. They brought in Casey Hayward, like new DC. Like, are we going to get anything different? It's like a question, right? Could can it get worse? <laughs> I don't think it get worse. I, it, it's definitely trending more up. I would feel like because they have invested in it. But the thing is, like, if it is a shootout, I think the Raiders can, like, compete in a shootout because, like, their offense is that good to me, you know? Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, if you want to bet something on this, like, take a look at the over and just hammer that. Oh, this is um, this is Monday night too, right? Raiders Monday night over, like, has, has the over ever missed in that scenario? Raiders in Monday night? <laughs> they always play on Monday night the first week, don't they? Yeah, right. What's it, up with that? It seems like it, don't it? I like it. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm all for it. I like watching the Raiders. I, I do like, too. I'm not doubting the Raiders. I just want the Raiders to win, and am so scared that that defense is just going to get torched. But think about this also, and I'm saying this is why the Ravens. This is not a shoe in win for them. I don't care like if the Raiders defense ends up being as bad as it was last year is that this is a home game for the Raiders and they have fans back in that stadium for the first time. You know that place is going to be rocking. Vegas is going to be lit that week. And it's it, like it, I think that's going to be like kind of a play playoff atmosphere and you know, if we know anything about Lamar, he doesn't really show up in the playoffs. Well, that that is one thing. Um that was a point that I was going to bring up more on the picks video is that I am I'm not sure I'm going to be taking a whole lot of road teams early well mainly just week 1 because dude these stadiums like week 1 every year is pretty hype right you got fans mm -hmm. are excited football's back but football is like super back because it's been like 2 years right since people could really pack the stands so if we see some packed stands dude these these atmospheres are going to be crazy. So, I mean, you that, saw one in college football this week. Teams that have good good coaching, good communication, stuff like that. Um, I'm definitely going to be taking that more into account than yeah, I would normally. Um, so, I, last question I have really from this game is: speaking of run defense, the run defense for the Ravens, low key was not as great as you would think from a, a, your Ravens defense last year was definitely a little bit of a weak spot. Um, and I mean, the Raiders, right? This is a team that tries to run the football a lot. They're just good. They're going to pound the rock. Josh Jacobs is going to get his carries. Um, and then the last thing is just these Ravens receivers, right? You invested a ton. Are you going to have a terrible receiving core again? Mm -hmm. Like, are you just going to basically ask, Hey, Mark Andrews and the running game to go, go carry us. Yeah, it'd be. I, I think that's going to be a fun game to see. So with that, 
that is our game previews. All said and done for week one. So like I said before, we're going to have the picks be coming out later in the week. Um, but we also had some college football to react to. And the first thing I know you definitely want to bring up is UCLA. Oh, dude, how about them? Uh, you liked UCLA. Oh, yeah. Hold on, I got to nominate someone, too. I'll nominate Devontae Adams. I'll, you know, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to nominate him for like 20 bucks. Um, but yeah, UCLA, back on topic. That running back, first off, I want to talk about Zach Charbonnet. Oh, he's good. He looks like an animal. Holy, I love how hard he runs, dude. You talk about a guy that just keeps his feet churning through runs. Holy smokes. That dude, his feet never stop. Mm hmm well, the thing about UCLA and, like, why I think they were getting slept on is, like, Chip Kelly hadn't been winning there, right? But you got to understand, like, he brought back everybody. I mean, these are four years. Like, he's been there for four years. These are guys he recruited. They've been in his system, so they have an understanding now. I, do, I didn't understand how LSU was favored in that. Like, and also us thinking LSU is not going to be – it's kind of a bait team, like – like, congrats, they won the Natty and had, like, a tremendous team two years ago. But, like, again, like, that was a stacked-ass team. Like, is Coach O really a good coach, or is he more just, like, you know, a good locker room guy that can, like, control his uh, players? And I think you got to kind of tell that where, like, UCLA is for real and LSU might need to take a step back. And Pac-12 is wide open. You saw Oregon struggle with Fresno State. Not in love with them. I'm never USC in love with them. had. I'm pretty sure they had some early struggles as well. Whoever they played, I forget who they played. They played San Jose State, but they did cover, which I was honestly shocked about. Yeah, I, they they picked it up. Like they definitely yeah, they, showed up. They were struggling at first, but like they did end up like kind of just controlling that whole game. But San Jose State's a top twenty five school, or you know, top thirty, and they played well. But I mean, UCLA could make a run at this. I listen. I've liked what I've seen from UCLA, uh, and then they have that quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's his name. He's got a tripler with a hyphen. You talk about a crazy name. Um, but he's fun to watch. He's mm -hmm. really fun to watch, making plays. And man, I don't know why. And it's not great for you as like a legit quarterback prospect or whatever. But when you see those dudes that when they throw the ball, it is just a full on wind up, dude. That ball is like touching his knee when he winds up to throw it. It's like old Tebow. Yeah, right? Like, but that's fun. Because I remember, like, obviously Brett Favre, like he's one of the quarterbacks that I kind of grew up watching, especially later in his career. Man, he would let that ball drop so much, but it's it's just I don't know why it's just fun to watch. It's just satisfying to look at, especially when you get a nice driven throw, tight spiral. Man, I, I'm definitely gonna be tuning into a lot of UCLA games and I mean, I'll give you credit where credit is due because this is a team that you liked kind of coming into the season that I was definitely colder on. And, man, they've showed up. Oh, yeah, they're playing great. And, you know, they got a statement win early against an SEC team, you know. I don't kinda... think LSU is all that bad, too. No, LSU will be, a you know, a solid 7-5, 8-4 team. You know, I, I, I still think Ole Miss is better in them. If you want to talk about Ole Miss and – 
I mean, dude, like Ole Miss goes as far as Matt Corral goes, and the way they looked on Monday night, I mean, if their defense is just confident. They'll put a fight up in the West too. But uh, unless you have other topics, I was going to well, talk I just about wanted, um, a couple like Kayshawn Boutte on LSU. I like that guy. He's a big, oh the receiver yeah yeah, yeah. he's really LSU good. develops receivers great great school if you want to be a first round pick at receiver. Uh, what did you want to go into? I I was just going to talk about like you know I don't want to say this because I'm still all Aggies but dude if Ole Miss had to play Texas A and M you're taking that, Ole Miss you're really Matt Corral all the way baby. I, dude, I think uh, I was like kind of hesitant on that crowd. Now I'm kind of buying into the hype, and that, that dude, they're going to average forty something points a game. It's going to be crazy. Maybe not against Bama because it's Bama, but Texas A&M struggled against Kent State, like struggled bad. And it kind of week one though, dude. I, I I wouldn't if you see it again next week. Cause for concern. Week one. I like fans again in the state. It's weird, right? It's it's and it's week one in general. Fans in the stands are not right. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to judge a team off a week one win or a week one loss necessarily. I mean, we're a football podcast. We have to make judgments about everything. Um. Speaking of making judgments about everything, well, Bama has not missed a step. It looks like. <laughs> I mean, it looks like reason why Bryce Young had what? What are they called? Nits, NTIs, whatever. Yeah. He was getting, getting six fares. Sponsorship cash. Yeah, or there was a reason why, and that dude. I mean, against Miami, you know, top twenty-five school, but like, you got your top twenty-five school, and then you got Bama, and it, it just looked like that was a walk in the park. You know, I, I was on eighteen and a half Bama. It, it finally like settled at twenty because I figured it was going to keep going up, so I snagged it when I could. But I mean, you were safe picking that up at probably twenty-eight, <laughs> like. Are they going to be as good last year? I think their defense, though, Bama's defense is going to be better than it was last year. You think that's, so? That's what I've been hearing, that their defensive unit is better than it was last year. And, you know, that's scary because their offense looked like it didn't miss a beat. Well, I wouldn't necessarily – because I feel like the Bama defense, not that it's been weak. It's just, you know, you think about, like, some of these Bama teams in recent memory, right? <sighs> defense was nasty. It does feel like Georgia – has kind of taken over as, like, the defensive SEC team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into them in a couple minutes here. But one thing I have to say about this Bama team, their tackles, offensive tackles, right and left tackles, are unfair, ridiculous. What the hell? Dude, I'm watching this game against Miami, and I am seeing these dudes. It looks like they're, like, you know the memes where where it's like the kid that shows up to put the Pop Warner way in, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm 13," and he's like six six, like two forty. That is actually the Bama tackles in college football. Yeah, it's 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 unfair. The size difference, it's crazy. The size, the power, the speed. These guys would be sick in the NFL. I mean, dude, no dude, doubt in my mind. <laughs> Bama could beat Houston. <laughs> I'm fucking taking them. Are you yeah, kidding I me think, with those tackles? You're not, I think they Bryce, could. Dude, I, I, Bryce Young, 
Well, I don't even know why he needs to move. It feels like he's just rolling out of the pocket because he's like, oh, well, it's just like I'm playing football. I should be moving, right? Like, mm-hmm. dude, if he just stood still, no one's touching him. Not with those guys blocking for him. It's ridiculous. Actually unfair. Dude, and another thing about Bryce Young, because I got a, I was able to watch the second half of that game, is that, you know, first start, really, like, yeah, he played a little bit last year in blowouts. He just looks so comfortable, you know? It, it Like, it just, like, came naturally to him. I don't know if that's just, a like, the way Saban's able to get these Bama players, like, you know, it's always, like, next man up, and it's kind of like a Belichick kind of way, you know, where, like, it doesn't matter who comes in the system, but they always perform. But Bryce Young, I mean – there's a reason why like they were saying, dude, he's talented. He's got a lot of talent. I was more impressed by his poise than anything else. Yeah, he looked comfortable. He looked really comfortable playing. Um, let's touch, because we are starting to run out of time here. Let's touch on that UGA-Clemson game. God, that was boring. Interesting game. I don't want to classify, because I don't think it was necessarily a boring game. I I, I, I mean, wish I was a into little it. bit more happened, I guess, in I terms of like interesting play. Yeah, I, I wish a little bit more offense happened, but I wouldn't say that that was a boring football game because it definitely was really interesting. Um, man, did that UGA defense, uh, every defense, defense in general, ridiculous, dude. Those defenses looked insane. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. Just flying all over the field, guys making plays left, right, and center. No one can move the football. Dude, that UGA defense is insane. Yeah, no, I mean, Kirby Smart's always going to have a good defense, and they look really well. I was impressed by the secondary as well because they lost, like, pretty much everybody from last year. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, the new guys played pretty well. Um, also, on top of that, I think Clemson's O-line's a problem. I, I I truly do. I like I think Clemson's gonna run into problems in the ACC when they play teams like an NC State that has like a reputation of having good D line. Um, I was thinking know. more like a Virginia Tech with the secondary. Or, I I liked what I saw out of Virginia Tech from week one out of that secondary and that defense. I think that because that was a secondary and a defense that gave Trevor Lawrence uh, some trouble last year. Mm-hmm. And freaking, I don't know how to say the guy's name. DJ, I, I've heard it pronounced 80 different ways. Oogala Ogali. The announcers are saying his name, and I'm like, dude, I don't even know what they're saying. It, it does not sound like a word. So I'm sorry for, but I can't pronounce it. I, I give up. You win. Um, Oogalele. But he did not look ready to play that football game. Oh, no. He, he, he just was... did not. He, it looked like, you know, and he, he's played in a big game before. He played in that Notre Dame game last year against uh, whenever T-Law well, had COVID. Not even did Ugalegli not look right. The Clemson offense did not look – because their receivers couldn't separate. They couldn't run the ball. Like, I'm not going to put it all on the young quarterback, which I think a lot of people are. Like, listen, he didn't play well, obviously. But, my God, that they got their lunch taken from them hard. Georgia showed yeah. up and said – Say uncle, right? Like, I think 
at the end of the day, Georgia's defense just wanted more, and Clemson's defense did a really good job of keeping them in the game. You got to remember, there wasn't a single offensive touchdown in that game. That game should have been 3 3 if Ugalele doesn't throw a pick six. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a barn burner of a game here. And, you know, on top of that, a guy like Georgia's really high on. I know their fans are saying JT Daniels, Heisman, he's going to be a first round pick. Dude, that dude didn't look good at all. Like, are we like yeah. kidding? I, I was like, I, 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 I don't think he made a couple. Him. He made a couple throws that didn't get caught that like I thought were a decent placement and might be because like you know Georgia is missing a couple receivers, especially in George Pickens. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's it. Maybe the receiving room's not as talented as they think, but still, like it just didn't seem. I, I will say Georgia's running backs. Though. I mean, they got three of them over there. You got Samir White, you got Mackenzie Melton. No, not McKenzie Melton. That's uh No, that's the Florida State quarterback. We I mean, we can talk yeah, about it, him because he was oh, he almost wanted he was to play football again. And holy crap, he was he playing well for for Florida State. That was really fun to see. Yeah, I took FSU plus seven and a half, and I thought I was dead in water. Oh, nice. And then here here comes Milton out of nowhere, just chucking the pill. That was that was fun to see though. It's good. Hopefully, he's the starter from here on out. Um, but yeah, I think if Pickens plays that game, that's a I think UGA blows them out, to be honest, if Pickens mm-hmm. plays. Um, I don't know if they blow them out. It's maybe just... not blow them out. That's not the... I think that Pickens scores, though. We see a freaking offensive touchdown. Yeah, um, definitely. I, Pickens would have created a big play somewhere along the way, you know. But, yeah, man, we really saw that Georgia, like, do every year their number one recruiting class, and that was a team win for Georgia because that was a – both offenses can't move the ball. What team is going to win? What team is going to show up and just enforce their will? And it was Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that was a good we, win for them. We, we can I get some of the quarterback crying. play. We're going to be talking about the quarterbacks every week, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But Sam Howell struggled. A guy that, that like, I mean, the whole me. UNC team, we were just like, listen, man, we, we are not buying into team- UNC. That team does not deserve to be – well, they're not ranked 10 anymore, but didn't deserve it. Um, yeah, that that was just – I mean, uh, listen, we, we we called it. I'm going to give us credit where credit is due, but, like, we, we saw that exact kind of scenario happening where they come up and they struggle early and they end up being – I'm not saying they can't be ranked, but top 10, no shot. So Sam Howell definitely struggled a little bit. Spencer Rattler struggled a little bit for Oklahoma, the Oklahoma quarterback. Um, because I think Spencer Rattler is good, I'm going to say this does not matter. Yeah, I'm not worried about Rattler. <laughs> you know, I'm not worried about. Rattler. No, but we saw we saw Rattler kind of get last year off to a slow start, shake off some of the even for Sam Howell, a guy that I'm not as high on. Um, I blame the two lane coming back more on Lincoln Riley than anything. Mm-hmm. He's done that in the past where he's let he, you get a comfortable lead and he just lets off on the gas, you know, and then, oh, shit, we got a game, you know. He's done that in the past, and, you know, if you lose two lane, I mean, Oklahoma would have been a meme at that point. But I don't know. Like, out of all the quarterbacks that, you know, are looking to go in next year, I fell in love with Carson Strong in that Nevada game. Oh, dude, I love Carson Strong. Um, Carson Strong is my dude. Like, that guy, 
I liked him a lot coming into the season. He was like him, Jaden Daniels are probably like my two him, Jaden Daniels and that UCF quarterback. What's his name? Dylan Gabriel. Those mm-hmm. were like the guys that I was like, yeah, above consensus. I guess the Boston college kid, Phil Yurkovec. I'm like, those, those guys are the guys that I definitely like more than consensus. And Carson Strong just showed up. We saw that deep ball that he was showing all last year. And, man, he looked freaking phenomenal. I, I think, like, listen, I'm putting my – he's a first-round pick. I think he's a he's yeah. first-round pick. I think if push came to shove and we went through all the draft process now, the end of the season, then we went straight into the draft process, Carson Strong would probably get one. It would be either him or Rattler. Yeah. And Rattler just based off his talent. Um. I'm just I, I like Carson Strong a lot. I'm not sure how well his game will translate to the NFL, but dude, I think he's a really good player. He fits um, anywhere. I, he he can fit somewhere, you know. Like he's just that more traditional kind of pocket passer. Right? I I think like I, this might be Homer, but I think he would fit well in the Falcons. You yeah, know? I think he would. Well, I okay, he's not like a trish. He's just not mobile, right? He he can throw on the move. He's just not going to be evading guys. Um. Yeah. But I, I like him a lot. I think that he's he's legit. So I think that's where we're gonna cut it here. We could we do we could go on for hours, man. But you know, oh, yeah, so much. We'll be about. we'll be back with the with the picks video. I'm not sure if Steve's gonna be on that, but I'll be I'll be relaying the picks no matter what. But if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate it. I'm gonna have to finish up this auction draft. Um, I think I just accidentally bid on a guy that I didn't want and won him. Unfortunately, nice. Um. I gotta finish this draft too, dude. My team's looking nice. So yeah, if you're if you're doing your last minute drafts as well, good luck in your last minute drafts and whatnot. We got football tomorrow or today or yesterday for whenever you're listening. But thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Peace.